Welcome to the Art and Life Podcast with your host, Taylor Gallegos. Art exists all around us, in all directions, from all walks of life. We just need to know how to see it. The Art and Life Podcast is an experiment in an audio format that focuses on the art and philosophy involved with different people and their life paths. This experiment is intended to inspire you in your creative pursuits, whatever they may be. Follow along as I interview movers and shakers from all walks of life. It's possible to make a life from your art, skill, craft, or vision. These interviews showcase that fact. Listen while you work. Listen while you create. Listen while you dream up the next big breakthrough. First off, I want to say thank you for listening. The people being interviewed and I are two parts of the podcast, but it wouldn't be complete without you, the listener. I very much appreciate your attention and your energy, and I hope you get as much out of this as I do. If you enjoy what you hear, you can join me on this artistic journey in many ways. You can subscribe to the show, leave a review, and share it around. You can join the conversation on the Art and Life Facebook group, where we discuss topics from the shows. You can join my email list on my website at taylorgallegosart.com on the contact page, and while you're there, check out the new artwork I've been creating. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at taylorgallegosart. And finally, you can support my art and the Art and Life podcast on my Patreon page. Just search Taylor Gallegos Art. So again, a deep and sincere thank you for being here. Now, on to the good stuff. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast. I'm your host, TG, in the house with a very distinguished gentleman here today. Uh, he, he exists in the musical dimensions, and in those dimensions, he is an absolute maven, um, and he's really just getting going. He's pretty young in the world, but he's got great things that have already happened, and there are no doubt fantastic things coming in the future. Um, yeah, in this interview, we go all across the board, part one and part two, <laughs> hang in, hang in for a wild ride in part two, uh, gets pretty wild. Uh, but yes, this gentleman has really handcrafted his creative pursuit. And I think that it's a really valuable thing to check out. So I'm excited to put this out and I'm excited for you to hear it. So without further ado. Mr. A.O. Anderson of Crashing Hotels. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast. I am your host, Taylor Gallegos. This is the Art and Life podcast. And today with me, I've got a very special treat for you guys. This is a person who is a unique creative. And that's coming from me. I'm an artist who interacts with people who are creative and wild and funky all the time. And this gentleman stands out. And uh, I'm just stoked to have him here on the podcast to talk about what he does. So without further ado, Mr. A.O. Anderson, thank you for being here. 
dude what's up what's up sorry i'm late <laughs> <laughs> that's okay that's okay it's perfectly on time for what we're about to do um, why don't you start out by telling everybody who you are where you're from what it is you do and uh yeah that'll be good uh yeah i'm my name's ao and i'm from colorado um though i've kind of cut my teeth in the Bay Area and New York before uh, the whole pandemic situation. And what I do is, it's kind of funny, I'm like kind of like an all-encompassing producer, like music producer, experiential event producer, and also uh, film producer. Nice, nice. And so then, and then you also have made your own album and you've got another one coming out. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I guess that's yeah. Uh, uh, kind of like half my life is spent on this project called Crashing Hotels, um, which I have. Yeah, like I have one album out uh, that I consider like kind of like a real album, um, exploration, exploitation. I put that out in two thousand eighteen, um, and then now I'm uh, sitting on twenty four songs where I'm just trying to figure out how to get these things out because. Uh, music industry's changed so much man it's like you've got to spend like <laughs> a lot of hours on instagram and that's just not my thing that i'm ever willing to do it's like i feel that this is just like vinegar to the brain um so i'm just trying to figure out some people who uh can help me uh release this album in like a, a more solid way um yeah i mean that's that's about it well and so i mean so I've got a couple of musician buddies who are working on like album situations of, of their own. And like one thing we talk about a lot is how like the album is not the same as an album was in like the 70s, 80s, 90s. Like, like the whole format has changed. Spotify has totally changed the system of the way that it works. Um, I mean, is that, are those like considerations that you're like, like another buddy was saying, like, you know, like putting out like a, like singles is actually like the way to do it these days yeah. from his perspective. Like, what do you what are your thoughts on all that? Yeah, you know, I have uh, so like I'm signed with Rough Trade um, Publishing, which is like a pretty legit publishing house and they have Rough Trade Records, but they're like kind of two separate companies. But the people at Rough Trade uh, Publishing have been kind of saying, like, you know, like you're sol you're 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 good at you're 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 one of those artists that's good enough to like do the single game and then just put out an album and make people kind of take it that way but uh i don't know man i think it's just the single game like that's why i'm just like but also you gotta keep in mind like singles back in the day used to be like they would spend time on the singles recording making sure everything was perfect it had the whatever contemporary vibe of the moment that was a single you know what i mean it was like what was the most popular most uh kind of readily accessible to the masses sound sounding track off that album that was the single you know what i mean and so now it's like uh that spotify game has made everybody i mean i literally know people in san francisco i won't m mention names because they're just I mean, dude, they're dorks. They're like super dorks, but they're like million plays on Spotify, 80 million plays on Spotify because they have zero creative. They, have, they, they, they are, are the void of creativity, but they are they are totally like they, they don't care like about the embarrassment of like being a complete knockoff. And so they'll just say, you know, they'll they'll hire people to say like, 
what's the algorithm like what's the algorithm picking up on now like oh we need like a trap hi-hat roll cool add that in there um what's the like how should the vocals be like what when should that br bridge come in like and then after the like basically they're just like look, being like okay and then they just piece it all together like a puzzle and then they like show their puzzle like look at this painting i did and it's like bro you like simply like i don't know dude and like people like that man it's like that's what the game is now it's like write songs that mean nothing to you that are you're only thinking about how people are going to be listening to these things and my philosophy and like oh, some of the greatest musicians i've worked with and been around with our, the, our philosophy is never make anything uh with the idea of like who's going to be looking at it or listening to it you just making a you just making your free flow your free fall of, of creativity and that's how you kind of shape your own sound your own look your own vibe your own energy um but now man i mean yeah dude i i, I don't need to sound pessimistic but dude the world is full of a lot of fucking dorks dude like a, a lot of these people at record labels are like the only reason they're now like an a and r signing artist isn't because they have any care about going to live shows and like really feeling things out and finding good artists. It's purely because they're just dorks who sat at their day job in a cubicle for 10 years. And now that's just the progression of, um, you know, being at a job forever, you know, it's like, uh, so you have these like kind of really like safety little babies in pamper diapers who know nothing about anything about any artistic anything. Uh, you have them kind of like judging and kind of like holding the key to the gate of people who are just innately you know serious people and i know a lot of people who are just like man this is just like this world is even worth it it's not even worth it doing anything anymore it's just kind of like fuck it like there's a lot of attitude like that people are just like dude oh my god so i'll probably do the the, the singles game and just like release a bunch of songs to slowly just trickle month every month every month every month and 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 let it go that way but um yeah, also that's just like it's it's so really weird it's like watching a movie on instagram stories or something right yeah it, it's, it doesn't make any sense like it's like like disjointed yeah. yeah if you gotta if you have eight songs and it takes you eight months to release that album like how's anybody ever going to catch the, the 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 wave of that album like right you know what i mean so it's just like yeah dude i mean just like the oceans are dying art's dying all this shit's dying so it is what it is yeah and like what you're talking about um it reminds me of like what i hear about a hollywood blockbuster film like they basically come up with the idea and then they film it like five different ways and then they put it out to all these focus groups and yeah. then like okay these focus groups like this did well in this genre and blah 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 and like this didn't ruffle feathers in this way. And it, like, they find like the most middle of the road agreement of the film and then put yep. that out, which is then it ends up like completely cutting off all the organic creativity. Yeah, dude. I mean, that's why like, that's why you have, I was working on, um, I was producing this uh, gig for uh, this movie called Nobody. And also I was out at Universal Studios and kind of running around the back lot there doing this thing. and. Uh, I was talking to some executives from Universal and they're like, um, uh, fat FF9 or something. 
and I was like, what the heck is FF9? Like, that sounds like a like a launch code to a missile or something, like FF9. Like, is this a bunker with aliens or something? Like, UFOs go out to be seen? And no, nah, dude, Fast and Furious 9. Oh, boy. And you know what I mean? Like, when you start coming out with nine move of the same movies, <laughs> society should really really step in and be like what the fuck is going on like you're brainwashing us at this point you're you're just you're just ripping us off for tickets like come on man fast and furious nine <laughs> that's just how the world is though now you know every every album from who i don't care who it is like unless they're really like unless they're on some weird, weird like out there level like uh every album is just fast and furious a million fast and furious a hundred thousand three hundred and sixty like it's already been released hundred thousand three hundred and sixty times and now you're gonna get your little wave of like spotify algorithm playlist and it's just like boring yeah you, yep. you're never you're never gonna be seen as like a rock you know there is no such thing as a rock star anymore like it, it's just it's true like it's just like it's so boring all different well let me just uh turn the focus on exploration exploitation for just a second because that album was a fucking album and i loved it and i i continue to listen to it and i listen to it from the start to finish and have really like <laughs> dude i know every every lyric by heart because I, I, like i've listened to it that much it's just got such a cool blend of like different styles and flavors and themes that go together and it's got a like a nice wave to follow like you were saying like the flow of it's really awesome like um i mean it feels like it brings in different time periods like um and then different vibes like nevermore has this like almost like british like underground london rock to it that just goes in. and then like hardcore cherokee is another one that's just like groovy and smooth and like it and uh like your I feel like your character that you express through your music is like a really interesting persona. You know, and I've seen you um play live. I got to see you in Los Angeles and um and I think in San Francisco maybe. But yeah, you it's like you like you create this scene. It's like walking into like a performance art piece at the same time. Uh so it's just it was just so cool and if, if you want to like dive into like the creative like underpinnings of that album obviously yeah 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 totally man i appreciate that i appreciate those compliments man um yeah so exploration exploitation like if you look at that album cover you'll notice that i'm like i'm i'm all i'm all naked i'm nude um i'm holding a spear and uh the other person next to me is holding a big jug of water because the whole idea about that album was um, this feeling of like, I'm exploring my options, understanding that I'm purely only doing that to be exploited. Like I need a record label to exploit me. I need people who think I'm this to exploit me as that. Uh, you know what I mean? Because I, I, I'm the one that's in command of that, that story and it's so natural to me. It's not a. It's not a gimmick. It's not made up. It is who I am. So it's like there's no way that the uh, it could get out of my kind of like my control. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, that's kind of like the reason I wanted to do the exploration exploitation thing was just to say like, 
hey, I'm already telling you this is what it is. So don't don't think that you're getting over on me because I'm actually looking for this, you know? And uh, the reason I decided to be uh, fully nude, I, unfortunately, I tried to be full frontal. I tried to just let the, the penis hang straight up so people <laughs> could just see everything, you know? Uh, because I figured, I figured like there's so many pop stars, there's so many rock bands that they dress up to play a show, which is cool. You know, Funkadelics did it. I'm down. I'm down. I'm, but it's been done. You know what I mean? And the thing is, is like, I didn't want to dress up anything. I didn't want to make it about any type of fashion or how I looked or blah blah blah. I really wanted to be like, if you're gonna judge this and explore this album hopefully to exploit it, you know exactly what it is. There's no, there's nothing hidden, you know what I mean? Um, and so that was the whole idea of, of that thing. And, and I really wanted to, you know, I released all my my stuff, my albums, which are, don't exist anymore, but I, le- I released them in eight series of eight, um, just to keep, keep it in line with that infinite cycle of, uh, you know, Eastern philosophy of, of like the eight is always, there's, it's always convecting and moving. Um, so there's no like energy really lost in in that, um, and yeah. So that was kind of like the whole the whole kind of idea was to like release it in eight, really like strip it down to only be about the music, and then I really wanted to push people's patience by starting the album with a very slow, like you had to show patience. You can't just have this instant internet gratification. Like you can't just instantly have something. Um, but you know, on the contrary, on the this next the next album I'm putting out, this Trophic Cascade, guess how the first song starts on that one? Bam, right away. You know what I mean? And then guess how the next song's gonna start on the other one? In a, uh, you know what I mean? It's all it's all there for a reason. Everything's placed for a reason. Um, so I'm really I'm really glad. Like I really feel good about exploration and exploitation because it has like, you know, I've had a couple of um, I had a couple of execs from. Uh, Universal Records say that uh, from that album, they're like, oh, dude, you're a once in a decade type artist. Like, if you're writing these songs, you're producing these songs, you're mixing these songs, you're the front man of these songs, you're like, you're once in a decade, you know? And like, I tried to take that to people like at this on the Spotify front to say like, hey, you know, like, this is what these people are saying. I'm not a soccer mom for my own stuff, but like, it's just, you know, there's, 95% of people in the music game are just like, like I said, they're just dorks. I don't want to go back to it, but like, it's, it's hard to get it there. But um, yeah, exploration, exploitation has allowed me to do a lot of stuff, man. Like it had me, you know, on subway trains in New York, have people coming up to me being like, dude, did you, are you crashing? Are you in a band crashing hotels? I'll be like, what? Yeah, <laughs> and then, and then it would be crazy. Cause it would just be this, like, they wouldn't just be like, oh, cool. I like that music. They would be like, yo, real truth like you are probably one of the sickest people i've ever heard blah blah like they go on this whole big thing they get it in before they had to get off the train yeah and anybody around me would be like you play music <laughs> like, dude, i don't even tell anybody because it's just so embarrassing to say that you play music these days because they're like oh yeah my cousin plays music too and i'm like well your yeah, cousin yeah. wasn't full frontal nude on a goddamn album <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah that's awesome i mean i it had such a, I mean, I'm listening to music and things all the time when I paint. And so I've gone very deep. I feel like I've listened to a ton of music compared to the average bear. 
and uh-huh. and there and there have been certain albums or groups that I just like really get into and can really dive into. I really like music that I can take a deep dive and like visit another universe, another world, and like have a full experience with it over time. And like that's what this one is. It's like it's yeah. up there with um, a bunch of great albums that I've heard. Dude, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, and then uh, why don't you tell everybody about the album release event that you did for that? Because that was one of the most unique things that I've ever heard of. Yeah, cool. Thank you. I uh, appreciate that once again. Um, yeah, so with the, the album, I wanted to... So the album cover, it's really like the whole kind of thing. The ember of the album is that album cover. Like, I really, really encourage people to go check out that album cover because it kind of all kind of prolificates out from that. And so like where I shot that album cover was in this place in Alamo Square, this big, it's actually like the largest private residence in San Francisco. And I shot it in the stairwell going down to the basement there because I had this idea of, even before I shot that, I was like, oh, I should shoot it here because hopefully in time, I'll be able to do this event to where I can design eight rooms inside this this mansion and kind of have this like haunted mansion tour to where people could basically you know room one was song one room two was song two and i and i designed each room to look as the song felt you know what i mean so um and then at that point like coming from i can't remember i think it was like the second song people were I had my Arcel, I, the, the album cover, I had it laser cut out in these big kind of like cardboard cutouts. So when people were actually walking up that, that, that uh, stairwell where I shot the, the, the album cover, it really brought it home to be like, oh shit, we're actually in. You had to dodge me. You had to dodge the glitter ghost. And then you had to walk through the fog and it was lit the same color, you know what I mean? So you're, you're actually in the album, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, and so like, you know, that was a great, that was a great uh, uh, event to allow myself to not only show that like, I, I can write music, I can kind of piece together these songs in a groovy fashion, I can play all the instruments on the album, but also in a logistical kind of uh, experiential event production, I can bring all those logistics and all that, you know, all that, all those pieces together, because, um, you know, I did I did all the costume design on that. I did all the fabrication, the set design on that. I did all the hair and makeup for the glitter ghosts on that. I uh, I did all the, I held all the rehearsals for the actors on that. Like you know, the, the, the whole thing, it was a one man kind of thing. You know, obviously I had people help execute, you know, showtime, but I just wanted to be able to leave San Francisco and go into New York. Um, just with all my cards on the table, you know what I mean? Like just sh- showing like, you know, like it, I always think about it and like, and I hope this doesn't sound, I'm, I'm trying to get away from saying this with all the shit that's happened this year, but like, I, I, I don't ever want to be seen as like not humble or grounded because I really think I'm almost overly humble to the point of like, it kind of limits me. But um, yeah, I just wanted to show like people that if, you know, if I'm doing all this, on zero, literally zero budget. Like, what would happen if you swang me 
thousand dollars to deal with and let and let me head the promotion like let me have a one person that works at the label and I'm, I'm coming up with ideas and a graphic designer and like we unroll my vision you know what i mean like that was my hopes with that thing it's just kind of making it uh um irrefutable like undeniable i wanted to i wanted to do something that and everything I do, I, I really go in it. I do not, I'm not a second gamer. I'm not a third placer. I'm definitely not a damn fourth placer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, uh, so that was a thing. I, you're getting in the, if you're getting in the pool, you want to win the race. Yeah, yeah, man. Like, and, and I will win the race. Like I, I will drown in that pool. You know? <laughs> hey, if I'm not going to win the race, I'll be the first dude to drown in that pool. <laughs> like, <you know? laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that was just the thing. Like, I just want to kind of knock it out of the park and make it anybody that's saying like, oh yeah, I, I play in a band too. Or like, oh yeah, like I shot a music video too. Um, I can say, well, that's great, but you're not on, you're not in the same ballpark, man. Like there, there's levels to this and, and that's what I was just trying to say, just show, you know, it's almost like a boxing mentality. Like I almost have like this very like boxer mentality with like art is like, I, I'm I train it constantly. I'm constantly doing what I need to do to be ready for that fight. And then when I play a show, I play a show to almost like put the, the, the headliner out of business almost. <laughs> nice. like, I, I, go to, I go to eat the, I eat, I want to eat them all alive. Yeah. I want I want the blood dripping from my lips. I want the fucking goosebumps in the audience. I, and then after that show, I want to jet. No, don't talk to anybody. You know what I mean? Because like, to make people be like, what the fuck just happened? Who is that guy? <laughs> you know? Yes. But, but Yes. And that's what, like, that was the effect that I got from your show in LA. What was that place called? It was the, the something room. Uh, it's like super famous spot. Oh, um, Viper Room. The Viper Room. Yeah, man. And that's the effect that you had on the whole thing. And like, I remember I was like standing in the crowd and people were walking in and I, there were some people that it seemed like they didn't know who you were yet. And they were like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and it was awesome. They were like, like in a great way, you know, like it was yeah. and the whole thing. It was just like this explosive, like uh shot of adrenaline lightning strike. And then you were like, and at one point it was so funny, like, again with the character that you play on stage that's like i don't know maybe like part of your subconscious or whatever but it was like you came up and you were like yeah we're crashing hotels we're from and then you looked around and you're like i don't think i want to tell you guys where i'm from <laughs> like just such a funny interaction like the whole thing was just like you uh you kept everybody like sort of off balance in a nice way Right. Yeah, I think it, I think my, my whole philosophy with when, when it comes to artistic things is um, always leave them questioning. No answers. Yeah, <laughs> always questions. There's no there needs to be no answers on this. Like, that's why I like, you know, this is really I've had a, you know, not a lot, but I've had, you know, four or five um, people ask me to do sit down and do interviews. And I've just been like, no, nah, man, like. Like, and I was serious. I was even telling my brother, I was like, dude, if ever like Rolling Stone was like, you know, found out about what was going on and they were like, dude, we got to do an interview. Let's do an interview. I'd be like, nah, because I just, I, I just want that, 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 that mystique, that danger, that like kind of that, uh, 
people want things that they can't have. Yeah. And, and everybody has everything now, man. Like, that's why I don't like this Instagram thing. Like, you know, it's like, oh, to, you know, get really going in the music game, you have to have a photo app and you have to film yourself inside your, like, I don't want anybody seeing what my studio looks like. I don't want anybody looking at what food I'm eating. Like, <laughs> I want them to think that I'm on some other level, you know what I mean? Because I am on another level and I want to make sure that that performance is forever. Yeah, I like it. Um, okay, so then one thing that I think we should talk about in part one still here is, um, okay, so music production. I did uh, a couple months ago, I did this little like three month dive into Ableton and I learned a little bit. And I also learned that it's a life of like, in order to be good at this, you need to devote your life to it. And I, my life is painting and I can't devote any more time. So it was like, it actually like, got me more into painting and like put more energy and like got the flow going there. So it was a cool exercise, but you have made a life of this and like, um, maybe talk about like the element of music production and like that whole role in your world. It's like a whole universe. It's like, you know, like layering tracks and doing all the stuff and editing and it's amazing. Yeah. yeah there's a dude, I mean, now, like now there's like, you know, real-time automation you can throw on these things like all sorts of crazy stuff that that you can do i i am very much like once again back to that album cover like no clothes a spear and a jug of water <laughs> because i want to make it a point that i'm not a shtick i'm not i'm not doing this because a technology is allowing me to do this i'm doing this because i'm a volcano and it's constantly oozing and sometimes it explodes with an album and then it's oozing oozing you know what i mean so it's i've you know back in the day man i was like recording through headphones um in directly into the back of a computer you know what i mean like and i was making this really kind of weird drum machine computer choppy music um that everybody around me at the time was like oh no dude like you gotta like listen to Wu-Tang, it's gotta be like boom boom cat, boom boom cat. And I was like always going like you know. And now I look back at those people that were like, you know, kind of making music around me, and they are stuck. They just don't, they never had it. They never had it. They had an interest, but they didn't innately have the artistic gift. And so that's like something where I'm really, I really force myself or not even really force myself. I just stay true to myself and say like, dude, I don't need the automation. Like if I want, if I want a note to bend, <laughs> if I want it to go up, then I'll, I'll play it on a guitar and I'll bend it up to that note. You know what I mean? Like, um, I try not to get into any of these, like, I, I've never watched a YouTube video on how to like make production better i've never read an article on that like i've spent so many hours doing it and i lock it in the minute it happens i know it's locked in my head like an elephant i know exactly what it needs to do i know exactly how to do it and i can recall that tool if i need to in the future you know what i mean but like I, i'm i really i really have set out for like almost 20 years now of making music uh to create like influence free like really truly influence free and if you listen to my music 
there you go. Uh, there's no more, we don't need to, you don't need to say, really, did you really do that? Like, I really did that. And now you can, now you can hear it in the tunes, you know what I mean? So yeah, like music production has always been an innate groove for me. Like my mom even said, like when I was in a crib, she knew I would wake up because I, I wouldn't cry as a baby. I would do this thing that I still do to this day. I still do this to the day. I do this thing where I go. <laughs> Making little. I constantly do that. I constantly am tapping out things in my mouth and thinking of bass lines and melodies at the same time. I'm like a three-piece band in my mind when I'm doing dishes, like real truth. And when I come across something in those dishes, I'll be like, oh, cool. That is cool. I'll record it. And then I'll go and expand on it. You know what I mean? I'll go take it to the studio and like really work on it. So yeah, music production, I think is for a lot of people, I give, uh, I've given like two or three uh, uh, guest lectures at uh, Stanford for music production and like songwriting. And I'm always saying like, stay off of YouTube and also be ready to admit to yourself that you don't have it because out of the 20 students that I'm talking to, probably 20 of you don't have it. Maybe one of you do, maybe two of you do. But like, let's be real, dude. This, this is a rare thing. Like it's a, it's, a rare, it's a rare thing to come across. Even like great musicians, which I found in New York, I had to sit with eight bass players that were like sick. I mean, one of the bass players played De on, was uh, Destiny's Child's first bass player. So this dude's sick. But he's gotten so accustomed to warming up with like, oh, let's warm up to, uh, with sitting on the dock of the bay or let's, let's warm up with uh, a jazz standard. And I'm like, I've never even heard of that. I've never heard that song. I don't even know what that is. What I'm trying to tell you is free fall with the bass as if you were a Venus flytrap. And then it's just like, I have no idea. This dude's intimidating me. I'm worried. Now the bass is all clunky and stiff. And you're like, yeah, it's not working, man. <laughs> so it's like, it's really rare, man. It's really rare. Like people can have that technicality. I think there's a lot more in music engineers in the world than there are actual artistic musicians. So um, yeah, I always, I always kind of like try to tell people to steer clear of that internet stuff, man. Because you're just going to, they're gonna go through this video and that video's edited. They could have left out a bunch of stuff that has to happen to get it to where it is. And then all of a sudden they're like, yeah, in five minutes, you could have this EDM song. And now they're like, now you're worried about like, oh, but I wasn't really, oh, but EDM is, oh, that does, people do like that. It has a hundred thousand views. Oh, now I'm trying to, oh, I don't really feel it. I don't really feel it. Oh, I don't know. Okay, it's technical, it's technical, it's technical. And how I am is just like, I feel everything dude like i don't care if i'm in the studio with a sick drummer like Hab habert cheeks the third i'll sit on the drums and be like dude like this do, 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 do. and it will be sloppy it won't be as killer as habert's but i'll be like get off man like i need to show you the energy the feeling of it not this technical nonsense i don't care about that dude like i almost consider myself like a punk punk band almost like the more anti, the more real, the more, the more true it is. You know what I mean? The more, for me, that's what music is. It's like, it's like almost pressing against the mainstream. It's, 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 it is, it's like graffiti or it's like punk rock. It's like having a mohawk. It's like, 
why would you want to be a musician that's like uh that your mom recommends to you to play your wedding like i would dude if anybody ever <laughs> recommended me to play a wedding i'd be like not happy about that dude i've done something wrong so it's like <laughs> but and but this but to say that is like you know some people do play weddings and that's great you need that but uh for myself it, it's always been about like if you are truly fascinated about it allow that water to flow and if you are not truly fascinated about it you need to find your flow and don't think that because like there's all this these like you know cool people that you see on the internet or instagram that are getting all this attention that you should just go down that route because you're gonna have someone like me who's just like i honestly don't care about your music <laughs> i honestly think it's bad and i honestly think you're a dork <laughs> like <laughs> but yeah so music production i think is like yeah you gotta just you just gotta be real with yourself day one man. like are you fascinated with this like are you absolutely fascinated? would you do what i've done in my life where i know i could have like dude i've could have I could have made so much money in my life at this point doing other, you know, like jobs, like nine to five jobs. Like I've got the brain, I've got the, you know, the, just the energy. I got the personality to like make whatever happen. But like, man, my thing is music. The thing is creativity. And it's like, yeah, like that's what it is, man. So that's what I dove into. And that's why I was like, Hey, I'm going to, you know, when I was like, I don't know, 12, 14, I was like, I'm going to just, stop listening to music. I'm just not going to ever listen to music again until I feel that I'm making truly unique music. And now like, you know, 20 years later, I'm like, all right, dude, sick. I'm not rich, but you know what I mean? I don't, I don't have to ever walk in somewhere and be like, Oh shit. I know I bit that from that person. Oh God. Mm -hmm. Awkward. Awkward. I, I produced this music video for this, uh, for Warner Records uh, a couple of months ago. Uh, and this is just, this is like actually like, like logistical film producing, not like music producing. And so this, uh, this act, uh, she was like, a, I don't know, man, 15, 16 years old, uh, totally inflated uh, idea of who she is in, in the world of music, like actually like walked in like as if she was like Jimi Hendrix or Aretha Franklin or, you know, it was just really kind of like awkward how she was, how she was like awkwardly carrying herself. And this, this song, I was like, man, I don't know the exact songs, but there are three riffs. There's three different riffs in here that are all stolen. They're all stolen. They're all the same note for note. They, you just like kind of took three different peoples and you made them into this song. And it was really awkward because like, you know, like there's people from the record label there and they're trying, you know, they're gassing her brain up and she's like getting this, she's so gassed up and it, you could just feel the energy in the room. It was, it was a horrible song. It was almost damn near plagiarism. Yeah. And this little girl who is like, I, I thought it was really creepy because I'm like, okay, so like I'm trying to get a record deal. And I know I could blow this lady out of the water recording or definitely live. But this girl who's 15, 16 is like hot. 
Like, she's hot. Is is a 15-year-old hot? Like, me personally, hell no. Zero. Zero. But you have these weirdo, like, A&Rs that are like, yeah, she's hot. Mm, her tits are perfect. Like, yeah, like, let's get her a music signer. She'll do great because people want to fuck her. And now you're, like, in this weird world of, like, seeing this being like, this is so disturbing, dude. Like, it's so disturbing. No one here likes this. A lot of people here are acting like they like it. I'm refusing to act like I like it. I'm just purely the priest. I'm like, I'm straight faced, like handy. Here's your invoice. Here's your, give me your invoice. Give me your W9. Uh, but that's dude, that's like the game, man. And it's like that, that little girl had obviously watched a ton of YouTube stuff has, Dude, I like got on her Instagram and like kind of like saw what she was about. Dude, she's she posts. You know when you people have stories. I thought stories were like in chunks, like you know, like an inch, like four chunks, like the you know on the story bars. Hers were like periods, like like every. She had like a hundred stories in a day, posting pictures of herself crying and saying mental health, and it's like yo. The reason you have mental problems is because you're on Instagram posting about having <laughs> mental problems. <laughs> like, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Oh man, Ew, I love your perspective on things. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to hear. Um, I love it. Um, all right, are, we're, are you ready for the the question section? I think Let's we're gonna yeah. transition into it. Okay, cool. So. Um, okay, so first question is, was there a moment, and can you tell us about it, where you broke through from being like amateur, like was there like a pin, like a little turning point, um, pinnacle for you where you like broke into the next phase of your life as an artist, where you became the version of you that you are now? Um, was there like a specific thing that you can remember? Yeah, yeah, totally. It was, um, so I used to like do hip hop music and I used to have like a weird, like kind of little small underground following on like meshes, like cool hip hop boards. Like, I, I can't even remember what the, the websites were, but like the hip hop meshes boards, like people would post about my tunes and there'd be like a big long thread about like, this guy's like this, or this guy sucks, or this guy's this, you know what I mean? Um, and I was like doing hip hop and I was like playing shows with other hip hop artists and the conversations in, in backstage, I was just like, huh? Like, I would never say I could beat you up and I never want to beat you up. If <laughs> you could beat me up <laughs> and it's kind of, it started being a little like where I'm like, oh, how how accommodating to this person's ego do I want to be? Like, this is kind of like, I'm just trying to shoot the shit, man. And you're talking like, you're, you're using a different voice. Like you're using a different, like you, I always, I always got under my skin how like hip hop guys or even women, they would go like, if you ask them to say like, Hey, can you count to five? They'd be like, yeah, one, two, three, four, five. And then you put them on stage and put that microphone in, in their hands. And you're like, okay, sound check your mic. And they're like, one two, one two, one two, one two. And you're like, weird, like, why'd your voice, like you're literally changing your voice. And that's when I was like, 
hmm, I don't like this. I'm a black male. I'm doing hip hop. That's a super too, that's too easy to accept. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to instantly quit. I'm going to end my last kind of EP, which was like Sodium Girl EP. I'm going to end it with this acoustic guitar kind of weird, cool, fun song. And then that was the end of it. And I was like, okay, dude, like no more hip hop. That stuff, it doesn't, it's not clicking with me. It's too narrow. You know, the, the fact that you have to rhyme is kind of weird to me. Like rhyming to me is very like horse blinders. Like I don't want to rhyme. And so, yeah, that was like when I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to ever make this type of music anymore because it's too simple. I want to challenge myself to be more vulnerable rather than this facade of like rapping. And I'm going to just start doing that, man. And that's when I like, yeah, that's when I kind of started making these like more kind of like guitar-y, rock and roll-y, whatever the hecky kind of sounding songs. And um, that was like on the creative tip. And then, and then on the, like the technical tip was when, believe it or not, man, like I, I move so like, I'm such a mile a minute person. Like I'm just always doing something like, and I don't really care. Like, like I'm not one that would listen to a song and be like, mm, the quality is pretty poorly recorded. I'm always just like, what's the feeling of this thing? Like, where's the feeling of this song? Like, I love this. Like I lot of I like a lot of like home recorded lo-fi stuff now that I've started kind of started listening to more music. Um, I find that I like it like a lot better when it's not in a studio. But uh one of the breakthrough moments was when I was like, Oh, I gotta start I gotta start taking my snare drum and my kick drum and putting them on a different track and EQing that kick drum to fit in the sonic range of where that low end needs to be held and the snare drum i need to like hold it here and boost at like seven thousand to get that slap and like you know what i mean cut out that mid so it's not just banging in the middle of your eardrum you know like when i when it finally like i was like oh i need to start like mixing my stuff that was like a big breakthrough i was like oh there's a lot of like creativity that can happen in the mix a lot so that was like, yeah, those were like the two, like yeah, when I said no more hip hop and when I was like, well, I need to start like mixing my stuff. Dude. Yeah. Those are great breakthroughs. That's, <laughs> yeah. those, those are like, uh, you know, like transitional going from like caterpillar to butterfly type stuff. Yeah, totally. And it's all necessary. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, okay. Next question. Now, uh, flow state is the concept of being in flow or being in the zone where, you know, time stands still, you zone in, it's like you and whatever it is you're doing, whole different like world of experience. Um, I'm sure you have experienced this many times. Um, what would be a standout flow state moment for you from your life? One was when I was making hip hop music, I, I had this drum machine. I had an MPC. Actually, it was the same drum machine right here. An MPC 2000. And I was, I had built this little house or this little room off the side of my parents' house because I was like, you know, I was spending 18 hours a day with music happening. <laughs> you know what I mean? Working on stuff, doing these. Like, um, so my parents were finally like, yeah, it probably would be a good idea to not be in the house like when we're sleeping. So yeah, you can build this house. This <laughs> Man, and I would be out there from, yeah, yeah, 18 hours a day easily. 
every single day, every single day for years and years and years and years and years. And this, uh, the standout one is I had these gray Nike shorts on and I had put my, I, I was out there for so long that I kind of just like rested my head on the lip of the drum machine, but I was like kind of still had my hands up and I was still pl- kind of playing around with it, like moving stuff around, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, like, I remember I, f- I remember I felt like my eyelids were really heavy. Like not like sleepy heavy because my my face was like facing down towards the ground. It felt like my eyelids had like filled up with water or something. Like they were like they were pulling down towards the ground. And so like I I like kind of like came about and like I looked up and my eyes were crazy blurry. I was like, whoa, I can't really see. I was like, whoa, what's going on here? And then I like looked down at my lap and I had drooled. Like it was just a massive puddle of saliva in my lap and in my underwear. <laughs> so however long that takes to drool that much drool, I was like, whoa, <laughs> like I was really zoned out. I was super, super zoned out. Like, cause it, and I wasn't like making a song. I, it was just like, like how I would, I would, uh, I would guess like how a, a, a a person with long hair, like a, a white, or like a person with straight hair, with long hair, like if they did like a brush through it, like that kind of like, that's how music is for me. It's like, it almost feels like I'm a dog pet being pet by something in the universe. You know what I mean? It's just this calming kind of consistent thing. I don't even have to be like making a song. I just need to be hearing cause and effect. You know what I mean? Like I press this button, it does that. I push this string, I move it up, it does this. So um, that was probably like one of the biggest, yeah, that was like the biggest one. And now, dude, I'm really good at getting in that flow state. Like I can, I can get into it like within like 20 minutes of working on music, I can be zoned out, man. And uh, so now like, that's just kind of almost like, like I have my black belt in, in music, you know what I mean? So like, I can, I can tap into it whenever I need to yeah <laughs> i like all <of> that <laughs> um all right all right next question is uh what is your advice for aspiring creatives who are listening right now hmm. listen to your heart really really ask yourself really see if you can get into that flow state to see if you care or don't care and if you don't care like don't try to force yourself into caring and if you care expand upon it um and also man don't be uh manipulated by what you see like you see through the the uh the amount of like inputs we see now you know what i mean artists artists used to not know about any other artists other than their local artists or like their friends that were doing art but now it's like if you're studying cal- calligraphy you can look at every single calligraphy artist that exists in the world on Instagram. And now you're totally confused because you're like, Oh my God, like I will never be that good. That person's been doing this every day for 10 hours for 20 years. I will never do that. So like, that's a real like thing you got to be aware of is like not looking at other people where they're at and what they've done because it's just instantly going to like, just how our culture is, man, just how, how we are these days. Like you're going to uh, apply that to yourself and think like, oh, I should be here already, or I should be doing this, or I, all oh, this will never happen. Oh, I should do it like this. 
because that's hot and that's you know what i mean so it's like i honestly would say uh uh shut off all in influences if you are a truly like if you feel it in your heart shut off shut off all influences because the world needs like we need like we need to almost get back to like i know it sounds so corny but like we need to get back to like those the 60s era like the 70s era like where people were or, or any era actually but other than this where people just didn't have a you, you couldn't just get onto a telephone and look into someone's studio home studio and also see what they ate for lunch you know what i mean it, it it's all too confusing man you got to limit yourself like the only reason I have songs that sound like they sound is because I, I didn't listen to music for 20 years other than like walking through a grocery store or like being in a, in a lift. Yeah. But a lot of times in the lift, I'll say, can you turn the music off? It's just, it's just the thing that I do. Totally. Yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. You're, you're just like putting uh, blockers on your creative process, like buffering it. And yeah, dude, you got to decapitate influence, man. <laughs> I love it. Dude, that's, that's so cool. It's a really interesting perspective that I definitely haven't tried. And but it's resonating with me because like there's uh, like I'm in the process right now of really starting to hone in on my style, my unique like voice and style through through paint. And there are a couple of styles that are emerging and I'm diving more into those. And as I do, I'm thinking like, like, as you're saying these things, I'm like, yeah, maybe I should just like cut out all these influences and just like fully commit and dive in. And like the only inter like artistic relationship then is with me and my art rather than me and like all these other, you know, experiences of art. Totally. And, and it makes it easier to, for the audience to, disseminate like you know what I mean like if I you know because a lot of people when they listen to my music they'll be like I think it's just because it's like a black front man that they're like yo you're like block party or you know what I mean like some other people like, uh, I can't even remember the names of people that they, they say I sound like um Depeche Mode or something like that when I, and when anybody ever tells me that I, I will never listen to their music I'll never I've never heard a Depeche Mode song <laughs> I've heard one block party song, you know what I mean? And then I was like, oh, hell no, I don't want to listen to that. That's block party. I don't want to hear it because I don't want to, I don't want to ever like, if block party started 20 years before me, I would be super like arrogant to think that I was going to be as sick as block party. You know what I mean? Like, like why, why set yourself up to be compared against people that are already doing their original thing? Yeah. Originality is going to trump always like originality is going to trump everything everything you could possibly imagine execution technicality originality is always going to trump that in the artistic world because that's what art is it's 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 original it's art art authentic you know what i'm saying like so yeah don't set yourself up to be to be uh put side by side about uh, against you know people who are already you know well on their way and established because you're you're gonna lose that battle and they didn't do that i like it i like it okay that's that's fantastic advice all right all right the main question here for you good sir is uh what's your definition of art mm, 
I think my definition of art is anything that comes from the unconscious. Anything that the artist looks at and says like, where the fuck did that come from? Like, I, I honestly, now I'm a little worried because I don't think I could re re replicate that. So am I an artist? That's when an artist has made art is when you say like, oh shit, I'm a fraud. <laughs> fuck, I got lucky. Uh oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh oh. I think any any piece that's ever been made uh, like that is like I think that's the true definition of art. Is art is not like art is not looking at a picture and redrawing that picture. That's that's just drawing. You know what I mean? Music uh, or art is not a song that you listen to and you transcribe. You put it on sheet music and then you guys do a cover of that. That's just a cover song. So anything that, you know, that's though you know how I pick my my songs to that I release to people because obviously I make a lot more music than people get to hear. It's when I'm insecure about being able if I if I know I could never make that song again, like if I'm like I have no idea, <laughs> dude, I have no idea, I have no idea. Then I'm like, okay, that's that's put that in the bag of like could go on the album. And then I go through those ones and say, what's the grooviest ones out of those ones? And then they, those ones go. But like, that's why I'm always like, you know, like people were on the train a couple of times where they're like, you make music? What the hell just happened? Like, what's crashing hotels? And why did that person seem so stoked to, to do you know, is that your friend? I'm like, I never met him. It's, uh, I, it, that's like, it's part of, because I feel so almost insecure about my creativity because I don't own it. I, I, I purely have gotten myself, I've meditated, it's a true meditation, like, right? Like I'm no good at sitting down and going ohm meditation. I will never, I, I suck at that. I can never do that. But I've meditated, you know, uh, a majority of my life, 20, 20 plus years of my life in a real way. And what I find in those deep dives of that meditation is stuff that I can't explain. And so therefore I would never call myself a musician. I would never call myself uh, a songwriter. I would never call myself like these kind of words that people like to kind of associate to themselves uh, because I honestly have no, no fucking clue what I'm doing. And that's the whole, that's the whole goal. I know when I'm making my best stuff, it's when I'm not making it because I don't have the talent. Something else has the talent. I just have the, I have the balls to, risk my life allowing that to go through me you know what i mean so it's like it's yeah almost, art is almost like a being a, a weird de a silent daredevil with no explosions like it's, it's <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah it's kind of like yes. you yeah you fucking you it, it's like jumping out of a plane without checking to see if they put the parachute on you you know what i mean it's kind of just being like fuck it and you're like all right you know what I mean? And so, yeah, like I, I will, I will never be able to take like, yeah, I will never be able to say like, I made these songs. I can only just say like, I, I allowed myself to take a massive risk and to just let it, let it ride. And, you know, that's just what it is. Like, I just got lucky in this world, like, or unlucky, however way you want to see it. But like, I enjoy, I enjoy having that ability yeah dude love it that's a great answer to that 
Um, all right, all right. So now at this point, um, well, I want to personally thank you for coming on this podcast and interview. Oh, thank you, man. Really appreciate you taking the time. It's like, I mean, you don't do interviews and and you do you did this interview. And um, yeah, I mean, it's just been so cool watching your artistic pro progression and, through time, you know, like, and, and we didn't mention this on the podcast, but, you know, I've known you since we were little kids and I've seen it all since you were 1865 and then crashing hotels and into who you are now. And um, it's just been awesome to to like go along and and follow your music the whole time and see the development and i'm i'm pumped to just see what happens in the next like 50 years because god yeah. damn it's gonna get good that like silent daredevil shit over time is really fun <laughs> it stacks up man it stacks up dude yeah and this this next stuff i have coming up like the trophic cascade adaptive radiation hole double album thing is like uh yeah man i mean like humbly speaking, I, I would be highly surprised if it, or I'd be more confused of like, if, if people weren't just like, yo, this shit is crazy. There's really no band out there like this. This is definitely, this person has their own thing. Yeah. Um, because it's like, I wrote these songs. I've always been a science, science fanatic, right? And I've always been like, very like paying attention to the world and stuff like that. And I wrote all these songs like, three years ago, four years ago. And it's all like talking about like, like kind of like a narcissistic politicians and like oceans dying and permafrost melting and all these like kind of crazy things that comes with the trophic cascade and then like mushrooms blooming and the adaptive radiation. And it's like kind of funny to see like, oh shoot, like I had a, I had this album that basically foreshadowed a trophic cascade and then I had to sit on it for a year because of a pan a global pandemic like that to me that's like that's a story you know that's a kind of like a wild <laughs> that's a kind of like wild like whoa weird oh yeah so, oh yeah dude, that's that's like that's all i gotta say <laughs> love it where uh where can everybody follow you and check out your music um i guess instagram dude if you guys want to see some sweet sunny side up eggs or you guys <laughs> <see> some... <laughs> You guys want to see some cool, cute little dogs, some little Rottweiler dogs, um, or or listen to my music? Uh, yeah, Instagram and it's crashing underscore hotels. Yep, and then same thing on Spotify and SoundCloud. I mean, you shared that new album with me on SoundCloud, but that's like the underground stuff that's not released yet. Yeah, that SoundCloud one's a private one, and then uh, Spotify. I think it's just crashing hotels. Yep. No underscore, just straight up. And then I think it's just the same on SoundCloud. All right, sweet. Now to uh, to close out part one, can you give us one last bit of wisdom? Mm, do drink a glass of water every morning and make sure you drip sweat every day. Super, mm. super important. Like literally physically drip sweat. Love it. Sweet. All right, cool. Well, uh, yeah, we're going to come back here in a few. Gonna get some water and uh, yeah, we'll be right back. Again, this podcast is brought to you by High Ground Coffee, an adventure coffee brand with a new twist on brewing coffee, wherein you steep coffee like it's a tea. You just drop a packet in hot water and you go. It's the newest way to brew coffee and it's awesome. Use coupon code TAYLOR at checkout for 15% off. 
Visit them at myadventurecoffee.com. That's myadventurecoffee.com. And we are back. So now, uh, I mean, Ao's in Colorado right now, so he refreshed his fire. It sounds like it's kind of chilly outside. How's the fire looking? I can hear it rumbling, so that's a good sign. Yes. You know, you got to hear that rumble. If it's not rumbling, you've, you've, you've done something wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're still seeing my, your breath as I am now, uh, and I lit this thing like 45 minutes ago, you've done something wrong. <laughs> yeah. Now with um, building a fire, do you do you prefer like a TP setup or do you like a log cabin or is it kind of a combo? So if I'm outside, like if I'm outside and in the elements, it's windy, I'll go with kind of like the uh, TP style because mm-hmm. I'll try to get that focal kind of like uh, jet engine going kind of situation. Yeah. But in here, I like to do the uh, the square kind of log cabin, like a Jenga kind of. Yeah, and then yeah. I fill the middle with start with a little ball of paper and then kindling on top of that and then build a little like structure around it that's yeah based on on a square yeah i like that yeah. um the tp concept kind of reminds me so i just listened to this book by a guy named graham hancock have you ever heard of him fingerprints of the gods i've read it damn right so he just came out with a new book and it is awesome and he in it i won't go into too much detail because I think everybody should read it and be blown away, but he's connecting similarities between the spiritual practices of the Egyptians with the pyramids and like the tunnel that goes like straight up the center of it from like, like vertically. And then also the teepee set up from native Americans. And then also the pyramids of like the Mayans and whatnot. There's like this column of energy and the idea is that it's like taking you to the afterlife and there's like similar stories between all these cultures and it's kind of a it's cool how like in a tp of a fire like the same concept is happening you get the energy the airflow going like straight up out of the top and mm-hmm. um and it's kind of the same thing with like the all these different cultures yeah man those uh those pyramids uh over there in egypt are crazy because they they do have like these, they're, they weren't, they're, they're solid. And then there's just these little kind of canals or like tunnels in them, basically these little t- tunnels, you know what I mean? And they're pointing at stars. And then the crazy thing about those are uh, the Great Pyramid, there's a massive aquifer up underneath it. So there's water falling off this cliff up underneath that thing. And um, if you, once again, I'm like a science guy. So even if you spit, like, you know how you feel, it feels fresh when it rains. It feels like people feel good after a rain and you feel good after a shower. Even if you spit, any liquid that's falling through the air is like knocking, is charging the air because it's knocking off electrons. That's just how it is. Like when you turn on your faucet, it's like knocking off electrons. And so like, my thought of those that pyramid is is like that thing was definitely some type of battery where they either stored up that energy somehow and then allowed it to pulse out to say like almost like um like a like a lighthouse for ships on earth but like a lighthouse for ships in the in the solar system or whatever it was saying like bing here we are zoom you know what i mean and other ones were being like oh okay cool They're, they're over there because it's like that thing is trippy, man. Like that, and it was like sheathed in quartz. Like 
You yeah. know, what I mean? it's, it's it's like it used to be like all white and crazy smooth and like come on. And there was a top piece to it that was like made out of who knows what. Like I, in the top piece, I think that like, it's basically a mini pyramid on top of it. Is it like it it was big. It was like ten feet tall, mm. and I who knows what the hell that was made out of. And like. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like the science of what that could mean with the aquifer underneath and like the charging of the ions and all the everything, like Dude. possibilities are pretty, pretty wide open. Don't even get me started on this topic. When <laughs> like, <laughs> you were like, dude, I took I took physics at like at the University of Colorado, Duane Physics, which is like, you know, that's where that's where like uh, JPL and like Los Alamos they go like to pluck talent from from those halls. So it's like man i've sat in lectures where i'm like yeah like of like this is so crazy like when people talk about you i'm a huge ufo person i like not in the sense of like i've always been like ufos aren't little aliens inside there they're just they're just like drones basically from other intelligent life forms they like sent a drone here and it's moving through warping gravity like you know what i mean just like if you have a marble on a hold the bed sheet out like you know what i mean have some friends hold the bed sheet put a marble and then push your finger on the right side of the bed sheet that marble goes over there right and if you press it really hard that mar marble is almost instantaneously going to fall over to that new spot of space time so like with ufos like it's super like it, it it's almost like feels like common sense to me that like those things are just like somehow warping gravity in front of the direction they want to travel and then they're just look they're just like whoop, like a like if you were swallowing an oyster hole yeah. you just go, whoop, and there it is you know what i mean like but you say that to like a person that hasn't like really studied physics or like quantum mechanics and they're like oh you're an alien fool you're an idiot <laughs> i'm like dude space time is crazy it's actual it's an actual fabric the only reason we're going around the sun is because it's so dense and we're moving so fast that we don't fall into that. We're like still circling, you know, like as a, as a kid in the mall when you used to drop that little penny into that little donation thing and it would spiral, 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 right? Like there is a time where that thing's gonna hit that center, but it, it takes quite a quite a time. And if, if, if it's operating inside of a vacuum, at a certain velocity, it's just going to hold its course. Like, you know what I mean? It's just gonna forever hold that course. So yeah, that stuff is like, dude, there's been, we're not the, we're not the smartest humans to live on this planet. There's probably been five or so iterations of four-legged, four, four-limbed beings with eyes in the skull, you know what I mean? That came before us. Um, and then we're wiped out because of geological processes that take forever to happen. And then like the big flood comes and wipes everything out. And then it takes, you know, millions of years to come back. Like you'd be a fool not to, <laughs> not to think that that's possible, dude. It's like, have you, have you ever uh, played saxophone and not cleaned your reed like, or, or like packed your reed away, your mouthpiece away for the weekend and then came back and you're like, oh, there's mold on it. Like that mold is like, if you zoom into that, that's a whole galaxy of stuff. That's a whole, like a legitimate galaxy of all sorts of stuff you don't understand. And if that can happen overnight and earth has been here four point something billion years, like 
yeah, there's been some mold on this planet before us for sure. <laughs> yeah, there has. <laughs> um, well, you got to read that book uh, before. What's it called? Uh, I think it's called Before America or America Before by Graham Hancock. Just came out. Um, but then there's that make what you just said makes me think about this other guy, um, Brian Green. He's like a physicist out of MIT and he's written some good books. And there's one called Until the End of Time. And he goes and he looks at the macro of physics and then the, the super micro too. And one thing that he was saying about the universe, our universe, is that it's he it's thought that we uh, our solar system is a third generation solar system. So there was the Big Bang and that like spread all this energy out, which then started to like gravitize and gravitate into these like new centers of energy. And then those exploded out and then that spread out into all this matter and energy. And then those things gravitated and then turned into solar systems and suns and planets and ours is Ours is like the third generation. We are the grandchildren of the Big Bang. Makes a lot of sense to me. So fucking wild. And then like the timetable of that. Oh, like yeah. The Earth is four billion years old or something. And the sun is who knows how much older than that. And then like that to happen three times. Oh, yeah. It's, I, I got real like when I really... I remember I used to lay in bed when I was a child and like I would only thing I would fascinate about was playing music live. Like it was always like this big, like I would just kind of like go through the process of a whole entire show in my head. And um, it, it was then when I also started like really getting into science and trying to get my head around these ideas of like even a million years, you know, like because I, I just remember being like, okay, like if that's a million years, 65 million years of the, like that's a million, 65 times over again. Like even that, I still to this day have a hard time wrapping my head around, right? Like, and that was just like, that's, a, that's, that's, that's short history. Like, that's like, that's like Trump change. You know what I mean? And now you're like talking about, you know, oh, like those things when they're, uh, they put in perspective, like if you, if, if, if a millionaire was like, is 11 seconds, like if you kind of put the ratio into seconds and it's like a millionaire equals like 11 seconds, then a billionaire equals like 300 years or something like that. It's something crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's something crazy where you're like, what? <laughs> and yeah, you start thinking about like 19, yeah, like don't even get me started dude it's like yeah like yeah and on that line of thinking it's crazy because okay the dinosaurs died off 65 million years ago but we are actually closer in time to the last dinosaurs than the last dinosaurs were to the first dinosaurs mm -hmm. like they existed for like 150 million years yeah 250 million years ago like the same thing and then humans come in and within like however many thousands of years, like our civilization, high civilizations here, we're already fucking it up. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. I mean, it's, it's, it, oh dude, it's like, yeah, for anybody, that's why I'm like, I'm, I really hope when people talk to me, you know, they're like heaven and hell and all this stuff. And I'm like, I don't really believe in that, but maybe like some type of purgatory. I hope that's not a thing, but I'm, uh, we're, it, I don't care how good of a person you are. Like, I don't care. <laughs> 
if you're a human, it's guilt by association because we've, you know, like you're a gang member, you're part of the Crips, but you didn't like, you didn't do anything bad, but you're still part of that organization, right? Like you're still going to go down with that organization. You know what I mean? And that's how I see it is like, we're all guilty by association, man. Like, you know, I fly places, like, of course, this is like how we have to do things, but it, it it's not a stretch to think like, huh, like if a UFO is warping gravity to go there and it's not using any exhaust, there's no thermal energy coming off of it. That means it's possible. And it just means that we didn't get there. So it just means that we are just kind of like this crude, you know, like we're just kind of like this crude life form, but yet we like think of ourselves as superior, but it's like, but those octopi have been there for like 20 million years. And that fish has been there for like 90 million years. And those like, you know what I mean? And it's like, we've been here for 500 years. (laughs) You've already done all this? Like, wow, we're horrible. I really hope like, you know, the optimistic side of me, I just really hope that we can get shit figured out, like that we can evolve into the next evolution where like we handle the problems with global warming, climate change, like killing off extinction of all these animals, killing off the rainforest. If we could find a balance, like as a human, we're, 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 like you said, we're guilty by association, just existing. You're like using resources, you're creating trash and carbon usage and all this stuff and but like seems like the answer is to figure out the equation where what we're producing out like out of our lives is actually being recycled into the next level and we like create like you know protection for the wild um man i just i really hope we can figure it out (laughs) dude i know i i used to have that (laughs) i know i well i used to carry that like belief i used to carry that like optimism as well of saying because you know like you show like when you do like when grasslands are destroyed and you like basically remove human activity they'll bounce back in like two seasons yeah you know what i mean and like in like 10 years all all that whole ecosystem will be back at like thriving massive levels of everything you know so it's like the earth is like the earth is going to be good yes the earth is going to be totally fine this is not this is no sweat she's already got this thing figured out she's like i got it I'm going to release this little co- dude real truth. I think the COVID-19 thing was just was I think we messed up with COVID on like a huge kind of human level by by um and and we had to do it but I I think it like I think it gave the wrong data back to the earth and back to like the jungles and like how, mother nature because it's like mother nature was like is always secreting weird things out of the jungles and like, you know what I mean? Weird things out of wherever, like, and it's just trying to like balance things herself. So COVID-19 comes out and say like, and this is just this thought, this thought, like say that COVID-19 comes out and, and it was like, came from, you know, like a jungle because the earth was like, God damn, I need to get these things off me. I'm having problems now. I'm really having problems. Like my sinuses, my atmosphere is super stuffy. I can't, my eyes are red. I'm itching. Oh, I feel horrible. And then she secretes this COVID-19 and then boom, no, no, no cruise ships in the ocean, no airplanes, 
And so all of a sudden she's like, oh shit, that, that medicine I, I, did, I gave myself uh, cleared up a lot of the symptoms. <laughs> yep. And you know what I mean? But then she's like, oh no, it's coming back. Uh, and so I'm just praying that like, and I know I, I'm, I'm praying, but it's, I know it's happening. That earth, earth is so intelligent that she, she's sitting there saying like, they're in a meeting right now being like, okay, well, we, we put in this and that and that, and we made it respiratory spreading in little droplets out of their mouths. And, you know, the CEO of, of Mother Nature saying, okay, that's good, but like, it's coming back now. So can you amp that up? Can you make it more, you know, spreadable and more lethal? Because it seems that that worked. We just need to turn it to 11, you know? So that's like my whole thing is, is like, humans think we're like this, we're so like on top of things. And it's like, dude, we still use combustion engines to get to work, one of us. We, to get one 180 pound person to work, I have to drive a 5,000 pound <laughs> combustion engine. Oh. And it's like, dude, I, I really don't think that we're like humanity. And also you got to check out, read up on the North Atlantic. If you want to, if you want to like kind of really, really like kind of bog your mind is the, uh, the North Atlantic has to be a certain saltiness so that it can get us really, really cold without freezing. So there has to be a certain amount of salt in that ocean up there. So it can get super, super salty. So it can get, or not super, super, so it can get super, super cold and super, super heavy because the North Atlantic is like a CPR push. Like it's all that falling water up there drives all the currents of all the oceans and all the seas in the, on the planet. The, the, the sad and scary thing about it, and it's, it's a simple math mathematical equation you can do to it to kind of like get a rough estimate of when that's going to be a huge problem, is all that fresh water dumping off of Greenland is diluting the North Atlantic. Oh, fuck. So yeah, so you want to hear, so I used to have that optimism. I was like, it's going to be good. It's going to be good until I was like really read up. And I was like, well, let me punch these numbers in. And I was like, oh shit, a hundred percent. Like there's nothing we can do about it. There's nothing we can do about it. There's zero we can do about it. Greenland's dumping so much water into the North Atlantic and desalinify, like desalinifying, maybe? Is that a word? Maybe not. Sounds good. I'll go with it. I'll be a politician for today. Desalinifying. <laughs> but it's making it less salty up there so it can't get as cold before it freezes and therefore it's not as heavy. And so minute by minute, that ocean is becoming less heavy and the, the, the circulation, the pulse of the, the currents is weakening, weakening. And, and if you do the math, it looks like around like 2060, 2070, somewhere in there, um, our, the ocean's currents will, will stop. And that's just like straight up, that's not me being like, the Russians are doing it or like conspiracy theories. That's just, just like real simple fucking science. And so it's like, I would love if like humanity went on. I don't know why, because we don't provide anything positive for anything around us. So I just say like, I would love to see it go on so I don't sound like a psychopath, but really <laughs> it's, it's not gonna go on, dude. It's not gonna go on. And we're not gonna have fish in the sea in like 2048. Right, right. So there's huge problems, dude. But there's so, okay. So I would make the argument that there are 
and I sound like a total like bleeding heart hippie here, but like love and humanity and like connection are these like beautiful elements to humans, you know, and these things like music, art, um, just like uh, empathy and, and things like that are just these like really wonderful existences or elements of humanity. And I feel like if, if we could just clean up our fucking act of all the, of the negative sides of the, you know, the negative, all of the stuff that we talked about, like, and then we could like, just, it, it's like a streamlining of the system to make it so that we just focus on this good stuff. And, and I mean, it's so impossible. There's like so many fucking elements that are negative in humanity that we're looking at in every fucking direction you look, you're like, well, you know, like, rainforests and blah, 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 all these things that we talked about, like so many negative things. And like, and then even onto a micro level, like human to human, like every human has these things that we need to work on and, and better ourselves with and all this stuff. And like, but man, I just wish it's like, I, I can't let go of the, like, I, I don't think I'm an optimist anymore. It's more like a, like, just like a wish, like a deep, like a longing in my heart. I'm like, fuck, I wish that we could clean up our act. I want it to happen so bad. I don't know if it will happen. Like I could, everything's going in the wrong direction. Yeah, and I would, my my counter argument to that would be is, I think it's, it's, uh, it's presumptive to think that like, things like art, like song, and things like love and empathy are these like, innately like, human, characteristics that like can save us because it's like yes we have them but also like pretty much everything else like you know whales <laughs> all these things do communicate they squeak out sounds and they do songs right. and like dolphins drive waves for fun and all right. these things have these you know elephants cry like when they elephants will mourn a death of another elephant they will be confused of like especially if it's a violent one they show differences in, in emotional reactions versus natural passings and violent um passings so it's like we those those aren't unique to human beings those traits those are not like human traits those are just life traits that I would even argue down to like, maybe not empathy on the side of like, well, maybe you could say like a bacteria has empathy towards things that it doesn't infect, you know, cause it chooses to go over here. You know what I mean? And so it's like, oh, let's leave them alone. Cause we need them to give off this certain chemical to keep us going in the future. So we'll like coexist. We don't coexist with anything. We don't even coexist within our own species. So yeah. it's like, when you really look at that kind of lens, you're still, you almost dig yourself a deeper hole because you're like, ooh, we have the tools. We just, we don't have the ability to use them at the level of all these other animals and species on the planet. You know what I mean? Like these other, these other species coexist with so many different things. That's why they're there. That's why the grasslands are the grasslands or used to be the grasslands, right? Coexistence humans don't have that ability to co coexist so it's like yeah it's just kind of like it, i don't know it, it would be almost like seeing a boxer just getting completely annihilated and his mouth keeps getting knocked out and he's up against the ropes and now his eyes are totally swollen shut and now he's on the canvas and now the referee's counting and the, the referee's at 
nine. And as the finger's going down to say 10, you think that you think that boxer's going to like somehow lose all the inflammation in his eyes, <laughs> stop the bleeding, pop up and be like, I'm good. I'm good. I swear to God, I'm good. <laughs> like, you know, like that. Dude, we're down for the count, man. And and I think I think now what it really is about is like, I don't even think we can even say that humans have grace because we've never showed it. We're barbaric. We're barbarians. We're disgusting. But I, the idea of grace, I think we should we should try to at least go out with the idea of grace. Like, try to like, try to not eat seafood. Like try to like don't go to fucking zoos like maybe try to get your local zoo shut down like try to grow out with grace just in case you do go to the sky and there is that weird purgatory where they're like oh what gang were you involved in and you're like humans and he's like oh you're definitely down the hall there take a right boom you're right there (laughs) you know what i mean like hopefully you can say like humans but i got my local zoo shut down and be like okay cool like Go down the hall and take a left. Who knows? Oh, I like it's that. over though, dude. It's it's so over. Like I just and the thing is, is what I'm my positivity of this whole thing is, is I'm trying to say is like to anybody who has ever like, because I I get a lot of people to be like, Ayo, how do you like your lifestyle? Like you're so like carefree, but you like do this and blah blah blah, and it's like you don't ever seem to be stressed out. And it's it's truly because I know like we're all going to. This isn't stress right now. Like being late for a Zoom meeting isn't stressful. What's stressful is going to be like in 20 years, like when water wars are happening, really crazy, fucking really unimaginable things. And that's a long time. Like I'm it's probably not even gonna be 20 years, it's probably gonna be like 10 years. Like that's going to be stress. So like at this moment in time when people are like, should I keep my cubicle job? And like, I'm like, dude, no. Because like real truth, like we don't have People, people love this optimism thing. And it's sad because optimism is going to bite you in your ass because you're going to live this life thinking that it's going to change and it's not. And every day it's going worse and worse and worse. And now you're stressing out a job over a fucking report that was five minutes late when you could have not been working at that job, painting in your studio or working at another job or doing whatever the hell, blowing all your money on traveling because you have enough money to get you through 30 years. You know what I mean? Like, that's like, that's the thing I like always try to tell people, like not tell them, but like when, when, if I'm asked, I'm always like, you really should prioritize your happiness. You really should. And you should prior prioritize the people you care about happiness because, uh, yeah. Like when you're like, Oh, and I want to see where your music's at in 50 years. There won't be there won't be music in 50 years dude there, there won't be people playing music on the street corners it'll, it'll, if, if 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 we if we make it to 50 years to the point to where we can like still communicate with like people hundreds of miles away from us which i don't think is going to be a thing either like it, it's all going to be about like grind and survival it's going to be like yo we got to go get that water again fuck like you let the fire go out, dude. Like you got to keep the fire going, man. It's a serious thing. Like, please stay by the fire. You guys go get the water. I'm going to go try to fucking catch these stupid mice. Like, <laughs> <laughs> serious, dude. Mice and stay alive. Yeah. There was a, that is uh 
Yeah, that is a rough vision. <laughs> it's a rough vision, but it's a real vision. And keep in mind, dude, you ever walk through the forest, like taking a hike and on like your way up and then say it's like a five hour hike and you like you're way up and you're like, wow, that, look at all those mushrooms. Cool. It's so crazy. Like those mushrooms are amazing. Cool. Okay. Hike, 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 go up, come down and you come down and you're like, wow, those mushrooms are all dead and gone. That's just life, dude. Like a mushroom is doing way more for the planet than humans are. Like a mushroom is like giving all sorts of nutrients to that tree, like all that, all those like mycelia, they're like doing all sorts of positive stuff for the planet. And they're boom, in five hours, boom, boom, here and gone. Cause that's life, that's, that's what has to happen. Things have to live and die so it can convect. All those nutrients can keep, keep convecting on this planet. And so it's like, we're not exclusionary to that convection we've we've unfortunately expedited our downfall but it, it, it's it's a it's a ramp man it's like there's no way to just jam the brakes and like you know there's there's trying to sp they're talking about you know the main the the main the leading um uh plan to help the planet not be so hot do you, do you know what that is they're gonna fly planes up into like as high as they can, basically in the stratosphere, and and they're going to mist sulfur dioxide. They're gonna spray sulfur dioxide all up there and try to fill the whole upper atmosphere with sulfur dioxide so it reflects the sun's heat away. Um, mm. I don't know about you, but. <laughs> sulfur dioxide in the atmosphere when it rains i'm like what happens to the shit on the ground then so yeah, yeah. it feels like it would be so much better if we could just figure our shit out find a balance that that would have had to happen like so long ago so long ago because it would have to have been culturally it would have been like hu human culture would have had to be like oh no dude it's all good you don't have to pay me an exuberant amount for this stupid phone and, and i'm not going to get this rare metal out of the earth for this stupid phone like let's just like let's just use a phone line <laughs> doesn't cause any damage to the environment like or you know minimal damage right but no we have to have these fucking glass phones with these rare minerals inside of them to do this and so we can be uh showing pictures of our fucking food and getting more likes on ours so we feel more create like like we're important but we're really not like i'm rambling right now but still dude you see my point like <laughs> i do like, i do there was okay so uh there's this uh, you ever listen to mysterious universe it's a oh, podcast dude I'm not going to be one of those people, but I was, I listened to when Mysterious Universe first came out, I was listening to Mysterious Universe. No way. Yeah, yeah. It used to be all crazy. It used to be about like shadow people and like. It's still about shadow people. Oh, is it? <laughs> so it's wild. But there was this one story that stuck out to me that where like, you know, they're always reviewing books, these Australian guys that review a book and then they talk about it and whatever. And uh, the yep. books are about these people's individual experiences. And this one was about this um, this guy that he like went into a coma for some reason. And while he was in the coma, his experience was that he woke up in a hospital bed in like 
20 or no, like 2,250 or something like that in a hospital bed. And everybody was speaking a language he didn't understand. Hospital looked like super futuristic and all this. And he like over the next like four months, he like learned their language and like kind of got assimilated into what was going on. Um, everybody he knew was dead for 200 years. And, but in this new like it, it experience of life, it's like humans had figured out how to like coexist with the planet. They figured out all the problems that would have annihilated everything and everybody. And um, basically the purpose of life was just like following bliss. And so every human had to work for like two years. It was like two years of work that you had to put in and the rest of your life was just like going to the park with your friends and like writing poetry and playing with butterflies and all this shit. And it was like, and then at one point he was like walking across the field and just like evaporated back into his old life. And he was like, holy shit, I've like been to this other place. And uh, I guess I'm going to just like hang on to this like delusion that maybe that's a possibility that maybe we figure it out. Maybe we, I mean, like the airplane is like on a death spin right now down towards the planet, towards the earth. But maybe somehow we can like, you know, a lot of times people won't make a change until like there's a gun pointed at their head mm -hmm. you know and we right now the gun is like kind of circling around our face and a lot of people don't see it but mm -hmm. there's only a certain point where it's like the barrel will be very clear to mm -hmm. everybody and maybe at that point we can get everybody on board for all the shit that needs to happen and maybe the scientists can do what they need to do and we can like you know maybe mother nature's like cycles of like regeneration can potentially do its thing and we can fucking survive that's what i want i want ever i want humanity to survive for the for all the fucking children you know like who don't get to live like fuck man it's fucked up but that's the thing though that the thing about it is is it's it's kind of almost like uh counterintuitive is it's the children that are fucking it up <laughs> it's true because it's the children that need the goddamn pampers and the, <laughs> and the brand new clothes. But it's the, the parents' responsibility to like handle that. And, but, and that's, but that's like the duality of humanity is that we are like, uh, we're the micro and the macro at the same time. We're the individual and then we're the, the collective seven or eight billion, you know? And as a, a, as a collective, we're just fucking everything up. And, but we're also made up of individuals. And so if individuals change their tune, then the macro would look different and act different. So it's like such a funky, weird I think thing. The, I think the only way to save humanity, and now I'm going to sound like a psychopath, is you'd have to do like, you'd have to do like, soak people's minds up to like, uh, like electrodes, flash things in front of their eyes. You know, those tests where you like, you can't fake it. Yeah. You know, like if you see a spider, you're like, oh, and you don't even know you saw a spider. Yeah. Like you're gonna have to do that and like flash like i don't know like flash like a bunch of money and like mix in some like porn stars in there or something or like just stuff that like these are just like ideas like flashing things that make will allow that per that, that uh data scientist to be like oh this person's like completely a, a narcissist they're completely self-involved blah 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 they're like a capitalist through and through and then you, when that person has that, you take one single lead bullet, you shoot them in the head. <laughs> Seriously, I know it sounds crazy, right? But that's like the cheapest, lowest, like you, that bullet's not gonna do anything. Oh my God. And then, you, and then you mulch them, you throw them in a massive mulcher. Holy you make, fuck. You make fertilizer out of them. <laughs> this is, okay. 
Wow. But yep. really, because then you, because if you could, I agree. Because like, I if if the planet was full of people like you, people like myself, people like you know our our friends that we know that are like, uh, like, you know, like when I was balling off of weed, dude, like I gave a ton of money away. Like I always had like four hundred dollars in my pocket, not for my own spending. This is because I lived in San Francisco, and if I saw someone homeless that needed something, it, dude, it, I was talk to any of my friends. I was the slowest person to walk with. Like we were going to be, if we had to be somewhere on time when we were walking there, we we're going to be late because I was <laughs> a homeless person that was like not spun out on drugs. Dude, what do you need? Where do we need to go? You need Foot Locker? Let's go to Foot Locker. You need that food? Let's go get that specific food. It was that, like, right? I never, I'm not homeless now. That, that didn't, giving away $100,000 didn't ruin my life. You know what I mean? Like, uh, so like, not saying that I'm like the Holy grail, but like, if people had that mindset and people were more like that, then cool, you can stay on earth. And guess what? Maybe earth could fix itself because you would like back away from it and say like, do your thing, do your thing. I'll stay out of your hair. But dude, like people that are like venture capitalists and like, you know, people that are fucking investing in fracking and oil and all this stuff. And no, 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 it can't be done. It's always got to be this way. La, la, la. You know, just like, dude, like, honestly, I don't know. Because I, I believe life and death is not negative. Like, I don't, I don't see like when, if someone dies over cancer, I'm not like, oh, that's horrible. Like, that's, that's not, that's just life, dude. It has to happen. That has been for a reason. You know what I mean? Thank God cancer exists because it's a check and balance to our overpopulation as it is. So it's like, I know that sounds like psychopathic, but really, if you're going to like cut it down to like a real, real scientific level, you would need a lot of death to happen in very specific people of how they, they culturally see themselves as part of humanity and whoever sees themselves in this narcissistic self-fulfilling way would really need to be like disposed of turned into a fertilizer that could help benefit something off of the you know the carbon the nutrients in their body not the philosophy in their mind and then you would have like something to work off of but like dude is it are people ever going to like give up like am i ever going to not fly again because i believe deeply in not flying nope i'm definitely going to fly i have to fly you know what I mean? Because I need to make money. And like, you know what I mean? As, are people ever going to like agree that we shouldn't trade anything for commodities? Like we shouldn't get rid of money, get rid of Bitcoin, get rid of everything. Like it's just, you provide a service to what needs to happen for the better good of humanity. That's never going to happen. Like whenever you hear about NASA being like, oh, we can't get this done because it's so expensive. It's so expensive. It's like, why, why are like, why is Elon Musk and all these people like wasting all this money on like, and, and why is like people who provide steel and aluminum or whatever, like, if this is like, hey, Elon, like, it's a dumb idea, like get to Mars, like, but if that is truly your idea, and, and if say humanity bought onto that, at that point, all, everything involved in the creation of that project should be free trade. You don't pay the scientists, you don't pay the steel provider, you don't pay the, the, the micro uh, gold uh, foil, you know, producer. You guys do what you do, you do your best, you, you provide to this project so we can help humanity. That's never going to happen.
how many projects that are like legitimately could help like save people's lives are they have been stalled where they're like no sorry no it's, it's this price if you can't pay it then sorry and it's like damn that's crazy like no one's ever gonna free trade commodities ever like we're so like money is such a psych like a psycho psych, a psychological disease the idea of trading money and like economic status and even just like political cultural status is such a disease to humans that it's it's fractured us down to individuals and that's the problem like you know what i mean like every other thing is like yeah like if like if if uh those like really rare i can't remember what they take these types of wolves or something they're really rare and they're like they're solo animals they only will ever meet once in a while to mate and then they're solo for the rest of their lives and they die like those animals are at least aren't like they don't require all these things that destroy the earth to sustain themselves they're just they're purely walking shedding fur pooping peeing and eating sleeping walking shedding pooping peeing you know what i mean and they're playing around if they want to they're you know looking at the view but humans are like on our thing it's like i gotta fly i gotta eat fish i gotta eat beef i gotta do this i gotta have this i gotta have this this sweatshirt polluted probably killed somebody somewhere like it's truth dude there's too much there's too much stacked against humanity in our minds that like we would never like and you can't say shit like you imagine if a president was like we're gonna hook everybody up to electrodes <laughs> and flash narcissistic imagery and anybody that comes off as a narcissist you're gonna be turned into compost <laughs> that's crazy that might not go over well for the next uh, <laughs> yeah oh fuck Oh, I like it. I really, this, this has been. Should we end on a positive note somehow? Yeah. I, well, yeah, I have one question for you that we could bring in for the last couple of minutes. And, um, and that question is when you, before you go on stage to do a show, do you feel nerves? Do you feel nervous? Yeah. What's, what do you do? What's that like? I feel, I don't feel nervous. I feel maybe like an anxious, uh, yeah, it's like a kind of anxiousness, I guess. It's like kind of like the fear of the unknown. I guess it would be kind of the same as like if a, a high diver, you know, the minute they put their toes over the edge of that thing and they look down, they're like, okay, like I know I'm going to do this because obviously I'm here and I've trained to do this, but like, yeah, like things got to go well, you know, or it's going to be a problem. <laughs> but I think it's like, I think it's just the same like type of nerves that anybody has when they care about anything. Like, you know, like, people the same amount uh, maybe for someone that's not an artist or a musician like maybe uh if you've ever clipped your dog's toenails like that little bit of nerve where you're like oh i really hope i don't hurt this or i like i hope i don't clip it too short like this is kind of like you can't tell me so i'm really hope i do this right like it's kind of that 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 level of nerves yeah yeah, yeah. the like excitement level it's not like debilitating for you it's like it probably amps you up yeah, it's not like I want to turn and run. It's like I want to get it going. I wish it could be happening now. I don't. I don't like that. Like waiting. Yeah. Chatting it up with people and shit. Like, I don't like chatting to people before shows. Like, I'm not in the same world as them. Like, so if they're like bullshitting, I'm like, I'm just not. It's awkward. It's hard. It's like it's just, yeah. 
it's not where you're at yeah it's like a different uh it's cool it's like you're i mean to perform to to go into that it's like you're dropping into a different level of consciousness and small talk would not be on that same wavelength was, no yeah yeah and you're about to like have a you're about to communicate in a different way anyway and it's like it you know the show is half dependent on the audience like i've, I've played shows where like the people had to sit down not good man it's yeah. just really hard it's really hard to play racquetball when the wall's made out of pillows you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, yeah. Makes total sense. oh well ayo dude thanks for being on the show this was an absolute pleasure thanks man thanks for having me it was super fun yeah definitely um cool well, i'm excited for your new album to come out and everybody you know keep their eyes out follow him on instagram and see what he eats every day yeah dude follow follow <laughs> <laughs> oh but seriously give him a follow give him a listen that uh i mean again exploration exploitation is like one of my gems on my playlist and mm, thanks so much love it yeah absolutely Sweet, man. all right Ayo. cheers brother all right peace So that, my friends, was A.O. Anderson. Wow. <laughs> you feeling that? <laughs> what a wild, what a wild ride that was. Um, hopefully that didn't depress you too much at the end there. Um, you know, there's two sides of the coin, you know, maybe we can pull it out. Maybe we can write the ship. That's what I'm hoping on. That's what I'm banking on. A.O. is the other way. <laughs> he feels like we're done. But, um, you know, I guess from there, what do you do from, from that place? I guess you just keep on living and doing the things that you care about, being creative in your own way and living your life and doing what's important. And um, yeah, we're at such an interesting point in history. Like never has humanity had the power to like disrupt everything so much. You know, it's... Uh, it's really a wild time if you step back and objectively look at our world and then humans interaction with it it's a trip <laughs> you guys ever just trip out on the, the natural world i do um but yeah hopefully you got some valuable nuggets in here of how to how to do your flow your creative flow because ao has really set up his life and like consciously aligned himself as an artist in really cool ways and you know you can take it and run with it in your own way so thanks again for listening cheers <laughs> <laughs>